Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Um, whilst I get my audio levels sorted out, we'll kick this off. We haven't been around for a while. We're a bit out of practice, but um, just plenty to talk about, Griffo. We, uh, we've got World Cup, and obviously tonight we're going to talk about the um, the grand final, the Dally M's. There's still plenty to cover, even though we don't have the uh, the rugby league season in the swing of things. No, um it seems like some time since the grand final, since the NRL, but <laughs> there's so many things that have happened in the world of rugby league, not the least of which is uh, happening over in uh, the United Kingdom at the moment with the uh, the World Cup underway already. Um, so, so much happening. We've got uh, all sorts of issues with coaches disappearing, players not turning up to awards ceremonies. Um all sorts of controversy. It never stops rugby league at 365 <laughs> days a year and every fourth year, 366. That's right. It is the gift that keeps on giving. And, um, and look, we've even got hardcore fans swapping clubs because of things that are going on. Oh, yeah. On. And uh, we'll get to that. And uh, <coughs> Eagle Dan, he knows he'll get a bit of time. Panther Dan now. Yeah, the Panther. I actually heard from him today. It's actually a bit of a, just a steel Shane thunder. I'm not going to play the... Um, the music, but um, I actually got a message from Eagle Dan today, now known as Panther Dan. Um, he, he sent me some information here um, in regards to uh, some player movement. I don't know if you've heard, but the Condon is on its way to Manly. I did read that earlier. Yeah. That uh, Yep, the giant... Uh... Piece of plastics coming down to the Sea Eagles. Now you can only imagine, but uh, I think the rest of the uh, the message that was sent from Dan's probably not fit for uh, <laughs> the podcast. But you can guess what sort of analogies were made in regards to where Manly's at at the moment and the fact that uh, well they might need a bit of protection. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll yeah. leave that one for the imagination. But um, look, massive news going on. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to it later on because we are alluding to the news. Um, since we've last been on the podcast, um, Des Hasler's gone from Manly. Uh, Anthony Seabold has pretty much looked to be getting that job. Um, there's there's plenty to talk about. We'll, we'll just get straight to it. I think we might as well start off on a positive because we want to talk about the grand final. And we know that... Um, look, it was a big night for you, Griffo, and um, there has been speculation that the podcast has been uh, missing in action for a couple of weeks because you've been celebrating. Um, we can we can quash that tonight. We can put that to bed and say that that's not the case. Um, he finished celebrating probably last week. But, you know, that's beside the point. I think given the fact that the Pen- Penrith Panthers were so dominant um, and it was such a great performance, I'm imagining that there might be a Griffo's grab from the grand final. All right, what did you pick out, mate? I don't think it's a big surprise, but uh, it's Dylan Edwards' tackle. Mm. Um, Dylan Edwards deservedly uh, 
winning the Clive Churchill. You know, I don't always agree with their decisions on the Clive, but uh, I don't think anyone could really disagree. Uh, you know, there's, right. there's a good argument for Brian Tottot as well, who was phenomenal. But I think that tackle um, on Bailey Simonson, um, I think that really sealed the Clive. Um, Dylan Edwards, uh, I think he's unlucky not to be wearing green and gold. Um, personally, I would have picked him. I know they're not short of fullbacks, but uh, I, I would have had him there before about three of the wingers they picked. Say, so look, you know, we'll give you a run on the wing. Um, I think he could do that equally as well, but that's no disrespect to the guys they have picked, but none of them had the season he had. Um, anyway, that's just uh, just my little piece. Um, just an amazing performance from Edwards uh, and deservedly the Clive Churchill medal winner. Mm. I just want to say to Fox Sports, now, I really like what Fox Sports do in most cases with their coverage of the actual rugby league game. Um, also, most of the shows they have, like the Matty Johns shows and so on. Um, I, I don't watch 360. Um, I've given that up some time ago because I actually enjoy the game of rugby league. I don't want to constantly hear it. Uh, basically, they just whinge and moan. And, uh, but they also come up with a lot of bullshit. Um, and some of the shit that they came out with after the grand final uh, was disappointing, to say the least. Uh, they were you know, they're making out that Luai had uh, kicked... kicked him and uh, they were running with and I, I don't watch it but you get all this stuff comes through on Facebook and um, for, for a few days there they were bargain Luai about this kick and obviously he did some other silly things as well um, through social media but this kick was uh, an issue and then um, uh, another angle was discovered where it was clear that he did not kick Isaiah Papali. Um, I don't think they apologize for these things when they mm. accuse players. Well, the week <clears throat> it was their trainer was reportedly said things to uh, the young uh, Jed Cartwright. Again, it wasn't true, but you know, yeah, that was a big headlines. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon, and um, you know, so many people actually sort of believe what they read. But I think that's starting to change. Um, so uh, yeah, lots of good stuff comes out yeah. of Fox, but uh, just so much crap as well. Yeah, because um, you'd think if they had... And I know people are going to argue, say, oh, it's the Channel 9 feed XYZ. Like, they've, 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 they've obviously got access to the footage and all this sort of thing. And all the media outlets had access to the footage. But you make a decent point there. It was very interesting that the they, they let it... Uh, I suppose, simmer for a few days before the footage came out. Um, yeah, because there were some other things. And obviously, you know, there are some other things that, um, you know, like you mentioned there with Luai that, you know, we may not agree with and social media and whatnot, which, um, 
you know, it was obviously, it was, it was obviously poor form. But, um, gee, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. On the field, they were phenomenal in that grand final. Um, I, you, you mentioned Dylan Edwards there. I was, I was actually hopeful, if you go back to the podcast before the grand final, I actually said I hope he gets the Churchill because he's been so good this year. Obviously, it's very hard to predict the Churchill medal prior to the game because you, 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 you're guessing who's going to have a good game based on, well, it's not a guess, it's a bit of an estimate based on previous performances. I thought he was phenomenal. Um, it was just one of those really strong performances where it just it, it showed the gap between Penrith and the rest of the competition when it comes to on-field um, ability, didn't it? It did. I don't think too many were actually expecting that sort of game. In the lead-up, we used to do a, different, a lot of different uh, NRL uh, sort of outlets and whatnot. And more and more people were starting to sort of jump on the uh, Eels bandwagon and um, started, you know, and that's fine. Um, people have an opinion. We have an opinion. Yeah. I'm not always right. I'm more probably more often wrong than right. But um, it was sort of gathering momentum, the feeling that Para could actually win the game. And, um, you know, I, I gave him a big chance myself. You know, I, I didn't mm. think it was. You're big on Para all year, well. actually. You, well, you're right, probably. Out of anyone in any form of media outlet, sorry to cut you off there, but I just want to give you a wrap here because all throughout the year, when we were saying that Para weren't a threat in this competition, you were the one that were dragging us back saying, hey, fellas, Para's a real chance of, uh, of making the grand final, and they did. Yeah. I, they copped some beatings by the Tigers and the Bulldogs and, and whatnot. And um, even after those games, I thought, these guys, when they play their best, they beat the best. I think they've had a phenomenal year. There was a lot of criticism, uh, even from a lot of Paris supporters, very disappointed in their performance. Um, they ran into a side that more than likely, no matter who Penrith played that night, if they put on that performance, no, they beat you're getting a similar result. Yeah, they beat um, yeah, you had Nathan Cleary, Ivan Cleary coming out and say, look, that's that first half was, was our best performance in three years. Phenomenal. Everything came together. So yeah. um, Para had a great season. Um, there's 14 sides that would have loved to be at a core stadium uh, uh, in that uh, first Sunday night of October. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, Para can look back and think, you know, we, we've done something that the club hadn't done for, for something like 13 years in making a grand final. You know, I'm not as optimistic on uh, on Para next year uh, mm. as I was this year. I thought this was their, their window. Um, if that window hasn't closed, it's certainly uh, it's uh, it's on the way down, I think. And, and again, look, I could be wrong, but with the quality of player they're losing... Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, I think next year um, a top eight finish is, is probably a good finish for, for the Eels. Because mm, the, the main players you're probably alluding to there, I think um, the ones that come to mind are Isaiah Papali'i heading off to the Tigers. Um, yeah. Reid Marnie's probably the other one. Um, yeah. Oregon Kafusi. Yeah, uh, he's up to Canola. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah he's up to the Warriors, isn't he? Warriors 17. Yeah. 
are, are out the door. Yep. Um, Hodgson from Canberra is coming over. Yeah, that's, you know, in his day, Josh Hodgson rated up there with Cameron Smith. Three three years ago, good signing. Is that the feeling we've oh, got about that? Is it one of maybe. those situations? Yeah. Five years um, ago, great signing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and look, other than that, um, Jermaine Hopgood. They have got Jermaine Hopgood, who... Hopgood's going over from Penrith. He's a really good player. Um, For him, is it a case that he's, he's he's a great player, but there's just so much talent ahead of him, this is a good opportunity well, with that's the it. likes of Kafusi and Papali'i and so well, on. There's no on. doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he'll be a starting 13 player yeah. um, for Para, at, or at least on the bench, but I think he's, he's good enough to start. Um, he's only played a handful of, of first grade games, um, but he's always performed. Uh, he was the uh, uh, he won the player of the match in the whatever it's called, the battle of the states, where you've got the Q Cup against the New South uh, Wales yeah, Cup winners. Yep. Um, the reserve grade he, Super Bowl, as I like to yeah, call it. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> well, well he, he took out the, the man of the match for that. I thought, uh, well, I, I, I thought he had a great game, but I thought Sony Luke uh, was probably the guy who uh, was best on ground. But can't can't uh, deny Hopgood was really good. Uh, just on Sony Luke, he's over there now representing uh, Tonga, um, and I think he's yeah. uh, the guy who will replace uh, up beside Corey Sal um, in that uh, seventeen. So. Probably Mitch Kenny will will start, and then they'll bring on Luke next year. But uh, he's quality, Sony Luke. Um, maybe just got to improve a little bit in defence. He's got all the skills in attacks, very similar Appy in that sense. Yeah, and and look on, on on the other side of things, you know, going back to Penrith, we know how dominant they were this year. Um, I, I I don't really want to want to get into it. I think we've had enough water under the bridge. After the uh, the the grand final celebrations, I think it's it's fair to say that you know it may not be everyone's cup of tea. However, there's no denying that the right team won the premiership this year. No, I don't think anyone, regardless of whether you agree with you know if you like Penrith, you don't like Penrith, whatever camp you sit in, whatever, um, you're kidding yourself if if you don't think the best football team won the premiership this year, and. Uh-huh. Penrith. There are still some out there who, who would who would argue against that, Graham. They'd go on with the refs, protect the species, all that. Yeah, uh, look, look, they even don't know if much you, about the game. Even if you factor that stuff in, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, going all, you know, all Penrith, all like, you know, because anyone who's listened to the podcast long enough, you know, um, knows that I'm, I, I try to sort of call it as it is with, with, with the teams. Um but even if you say, okay, they've got the rubber of the green here, they've got this, that, they've got that, whatever. Even if you factor all that in and all the, you know, all the on-field um, stuff like that where you think the rest are in your pocket, X, Y, Z, it's still, the cream still rises to the top. And this is where I find that, um, you know, I come back to that conversation we have a lot of the times throughout the year where there may be games here and there that cost teams and all that. But I still feel, and I know a lot of people don't agree with me, I still feel that most years, when it gets to the pointy end of the season, the, the right teams are up there. And I think that um, 
you know, I mean, some people might argue maybe Parramatta wasn't the second best team in the competition, but that's the way things roll. I couldn't... My, my point, basically, I'm, I'm, there's a long-winded way of me saying no one would have beaten Penrith um, on that grand final night. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that they are the benchmark. And that, that leads me to a bit of thought in regards to what you're saying there about Parramatta, because with Penrith... Yes, they have a couple of players moving on. We mentioned Hopgood. You mentioned Coruscant's going off to the Tigers. Um, the army Kikau's going on to the Bulldogs. Now, we look at it on one side. They're losing a few players. And people said this last year when Capewell and Burton went. They said, how are they going to replace them? The, the fact that they've won all of the grades of football shows that they've got a good system in place for these players to come through. Um, I know as a Penrith fan, you're going to be confident about next year, but I value your opinion too because, you know, you, you obviously talk to a lot of other fans and you have these feelings, you've seen some of these younger players. Um, for those that don't follow Penrith, this is an opportunity, Griffo, because I actually think that the loss of the players that they have, apart from Hopgood being probably what's he in his early 20s, 22, 23 maybe, the, the other players like your Coruscant and your Kikau, they're getting towards you know, later on in their career. Penrith are going to have salary cap issues over the next few years. I I wouldn't think they'd be too concerned. I think they'd feel as though these young guys have it covered. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, for me, the um, unfortunate thing is, and obviously you can't keep them all because you've got a salary cap. No. Um, but what's starting to happen is younger guys... Um, who are not necessarily in the top 30 or maybe even some are on, some on the fringe are thinking, well, i got Nathan Cleary in front of me if yeah. I'm a halfback. got Jerome Luai in front of me, my father. What's um, got Isaiah remind Yo. me, the bloke going to the Dolphins, mind blank, young bloke. Yeah, Katoa. Katoa. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at. That, uh, yeah. And yeah, um, young Katoa, he was, uh, again, he was out. Uh, Representing Tonga um, over last night. Um, now he's he's a guy that Penrith were really upset to lose, um, and they haven't really come out and said anything about other guys in you know over the last couple of years that they've lost. But um, they were quite upset when the Dolphins got under their guard and got him because they had him earmarked as. It's playing a role in this in this team, but he, I guess, felt as though there's no room for him there. Um, you know, Nathan Cleary's going to be you expect another ten years. Yeah. Um, in the number seven jersey. Uh, sorry, I was going. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan, who he really was important to Penrith this year. Um. Nathan was out for the first, I think, three weeks due to the still coming back from the shoulder surgery. He copped a five-match ban for his tackle and then deserved it. Uh, he missed, you know, a couple of games of the origin. So Sean O'Sullivan was – he had a great year. Um, and, again, you know, for him – um, and he was, was really, every interview I've heard, he's just so glad that he was part of 
the Penrith system this year, Penrith Junior. Um, but he wants to play, and, and understandably, because he is he's an NRL quality halfback. Yeah. And they're a little bit scarce at times. Uh, but he proved himself. And I know he'd played with the Warriors, he'd played with the Broncos in the NRL, but he hadn't played as well in any of those other teams as what he did when uh, when he played with Penrith. So uh, so again, um, you know, he's looking for that opportunity. And uh, I think they're losing about five or six guys from, from the SG Bowl team that, that won. Mm. A number of them going up to the Dolphins. But one of my mates... Uh, uh, who was a teacher in another local high school where a number of Penrith uh, uh, young guys go through, uh, mentioned that uh, the the other half in that side, uh, I think his name's Keegan Russell Smith, um, he's heading to the Melbourne Storm. Uh-huh. So... Um, so they're, they're, they're struggling to keep some of these players because well, of the it. talent that's in front of them. That's, that's a, right. a bit of a double-edged sword here. Well, it is a double-edged sword. You know, yeah. you, you want to have talent in your... Obviously, you want talent in your first grade oh, yeah. side. Um, but, you know, the, the, the lot of them see that the, the pathway is blocked by, you know, by these premier players. I mean... These are, you know, some of the best guys in their position uh, in the NRL. Um, and while it, it saddens me to see these sorts of guys who are Penrith juniors come through the system and then turn out for other clubs, it's understandable mm-hmm. if you're looking at it from their point of view that, you know, whether they think, well, you know, I might have to wait two or three years and, and I still might not crack the side. So, mm-hmm. um and if you're a Sean O'Sullivan, the I Dolphins, it perfectly. Dolphins off, he'd be getting good money there and he'll be their first string halfback. I'd imagine he'd be playing halfback with Milford, Milford. at 5'8". Yeah, but yeah. the pressure will come from Katoa. Um, and I do expect that we'll see him uh, certainly make his debut at the very least, if not play a number of games because uh, he's coach over... Uh, is Christian Wolf with the uh, the Tongan side, who's going to be the assistant coach at the yeah. Dolphins? So he'll be developing a relationship there. Um, yeah, I, you know it, so, it's it's so, a tough one because I don't want to see these guys leave the club. No, but I understand. Yeah, and, and and like you said, you make a good point, and this is what everyone's got to understand because you know what's going to happen. Someone's going to contact us in four years' time and say, "Why did Penrith let him go?" This is this is the the nature of the game, really, and the the difficult thing is too. I think you're going to start to see players over the next couple of years at the Penrith club either take pay cuts, or um, the salary cap might actually get them because there's that much talent there. And I think what also um, impacts as well is once you play state of origin, your value goes up and so on and so forth, and that affects the cap. And whilst the cap's ever growing and, you know, so on and so forth, um, it all really comes down to, you know, ultimately the television rights deal and what the next rights deal is and how much it, that will inflate. But um, I think there might be a bit of bit of a, bit of a squeeze in the next couple of years and, and there might be some decisions to be made. I mean, the obvious one that you want to make sure, I mean, 
there's there's no negotiation. I, I think that um, in the next couple of years, Nathan Cleary will become the highest paid player in the game. That's well, he will be next year, Graham. From what I've heard, um, yeah, he'll be the highest paid player next year. But the year after that, because he did sign an extension, he actually wanted to accept less next year, but it was already contracted. So no, he can't do that. Yeah, um, not the club, but the NRL, I believe. Yeah. Um, but in that extension, he's actually taking a pay cut. Um, I think he might be coming back to a million, which, you know, still a lot of money, but yeah. you could get more. There'd be a um, lot of players that would say, I'm going elsewhere to get one yeah. four. So he's taking, he's taking a pay cut because he wants to try and keep the team together as best he can. Yeah. And if him, you know, giving up, say, three, four hundred grand means, you know, another very good player stays. Yeah, that well, might be the difference improves between... Improves their chance of winning, you know, yeah. continuing to win competitions. And that might be the difference between him playing with Luai at number six for the, you know, for the next 10 years that we said, you know, that they're going to be, that he's going to be at the club. You build your team around him, he's a given. Um, who's someone like who's someone else you think at Penrith where you say, okay, I know players might have to move on, there might have to be changes here and there. Who's someone else that you think is absolutely critical to the success that was in this current squad now. They just can't well, afford to lose, regardless of how much pressure there is on the cap. Um, they upgraded, or, you know, they re-signed long-term contracts, big contracts. James Fisher-Harris, yes. a Yo. Yeah, I think Dylan Edwards has re-signed for, you know, I'm not quite sure to what year, but he, he did re-sign. So a lot of this is in place with, you know, these key players. Um, but then you've got, there's a host of players that are able to negotiate. Uh, you know, November 1's not all that far away. We've got the likes of Brian Toto, Steve Crichton, Liam Martin, Spencer New. Um, I did see the list the other day. Scott Sorensen. Um, you can't keep them all under the under the salary cap now, um, but you've also got all these really good players that played. Crichton, in the... I think next year, Stephen Crichton. Yeah, Crichton. Um, yep, uh, Crichton is, is one of the guys. Toto. But you you make a good point there when you look at you know I mean if you look at the Penrith Panthers list, the, the NRL have this for you to look at in regards to the contract length. They got Cleary contracted to twenty twenty seven. Fisher-Harris to 2026. Um, other blokes that are on long-term contracts um, like for 2024, you got the likes of Mitch Kenny, Leota, Luai. That, just before we go, like, I just want to pay tribute to Moses Leota. Yes. I thought in the last two weeks, he was the best forward from any side. Um, the stuff that he did against South, I mean, he really gave he, it to Luttrell. Yeah, he um, he's, put him yeah. off his game. Um, but he was he was just doing that to all the power guys. He's not the biggest prop going around. He's only a touch over hundred kilos. He, he's you know he's he's not tall. He, just you look at him and Fisher Harris for that matter. They're lightweights um, against most other eight and ten jerseys. Um, but he was outstanding, Moses Leota. And he's another one that's come through the system as well. I know Absolutely. he's from New Zealand, yeah. but he, he, he 
I think he came to Penrith when he was quite young, like a young yes, teenager. He did. Yeah, well, I think even it might be he, he was born in New Zealand. Yeah, um, there was talk about him a few, maybe two years ago, being a, you know, a, a bolter for the Blues, but he's since mm. obviously switched his allegiance. Yeah, um, gee, I think the Blues, uh, if he was still available and what he's done, you'd, you'd have to think he'd be a chance of. But he can't now. He's he's aligned with uh, with the Kiwis, but he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal on the field. And he was also one that I've pointed out to to people when when the talk comes up about the oh, field stuff. Him, Dylan Edwards, and Isaiah Yo. When I think the Yoda, the the from what I can remember, it might have been after the it was either the grand final or the semi final. Um, they interviewed him. I feel like it was the grand final. They interviewed him on the field, and he had his kids there. And the way he spoke, he's just, he's one of those people that whilst he's a, you know, he's a, he's a hard man on the field and he's a, he's a really tough player. He seems like a really gentle, um, really nice guy off the yeah, field. And he's one that I, yeah, he, yeah. I, and I think that's one of those blokes like, you know, one of those ones that would be good for them to, to focus in on with the, uh, with the off field side of the club. But yeah, anyway, but yeah, he's been but phenomenal. The funny thing happened about, it would have been about six or seven years ago now. I was in class one day, I had my phone in my pocket, um, which I normally have. And it, it rang, and I don't know why I answered it, but uh, whether I just stepped out the door, I can't remember. Yeah. It was Moses Leota. Oh, goodness. <laughs> he was he called uh, the chameleon. It was, it was called the chameleon. Um, I wasn't the chameleon at that stage, but. Um, they were trying to, you know, just, uh, I hadn't, um, renewed my, ah, the membership drive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, he, he would only be a young guy then. Um, yeah, so Moses, uh, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, yeah, I'll get onto it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he seems like a, a top guy, but he's there at the club to 2024. Taylor May, um, Isaac Tago, uh, to 25, um, yeah, so there's, there's there's some there's some players that they've that they've signed up, but I think there will be some decisions depending on um, how hard the the managers want to push for the buck and how they. Um, yeah, I don't they... think they're going to be able to keep all their props. Um, obviously, Leota and Fisher Harris are the two main men. I think Spencer New is just an amazing player. With yeah. the, what he does off the bench. Um, you know, for the last few years, been talk about him, what you know, not wanting to leave, but being a possible guy that could be targeted. You know, um, other clubs will come and say, "Look, you know, you only get you know twenty three, twenty five minutes a game at Penrith. We will yeah. we'll play fifty or whatever." You know, um, so I wouldn't want to see him go because I think he's he's got such an important role to play, and again against the Rabbitohs. Uh, and against Parry, those last two games, he made a difference when he come on, like um, like few other guys can do off the bench. But then in the reserve grade side, Eddie Blacker. Yeah, I was going to bring him up, Eddie Blacker. Blacker was great in that game. Um, he's contracted for next year, and this young lad, I don't know if people have seen him. I, I, he, he may have only played one or two first grade games, and I know he's not from Penrith originally. I think he's, he's sort of Brisbane. He's from Queensland. Brisbane yeah. via uh, St. George Illawarra. That's right. He is a big lad. And he's, what would he be, 21, 22? 
he's he's probably still growing. You know what I mean? Oh, he's, he's massive and he's, and he's fast. I mean, we saw him chase down. Uh, was it Drinkwater um, in that game that he played against the Cowboys right on full time? Oh, um, yeah, that was that game um, towards the end Townsville. of the year where Cowboys put played that, the, yeah, the yeah. reserve grid side. Yeah, the but, big score for the Cowboys. Yeah. Again, he was phenomenal in that uh, in that grand final against the Brisbane North side. Um, so they've got five props that are very, very good. And I don't know that you can keep all of them. Um yeah, Lindsay Smith is a really good player as well. Um, uh, if they could convert one of those guys, whether it be uh, Eddie Blacker or Lindsay Smith to a back rower, because um, they do lack size in their back row now, particularly with you know Billy Army Kickout going, they're bringing in Garner, who's a very good player. Yeah, from the Tigers. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you just can't keep them all. No, and that's the time because I don't want to lose any of them. <laughs> no, and um, there are a few players. I mean, you got you. You mentioned that Jermaine Hopkins going. I know there are a few players that are off contract. I'm not sure their status and what's um, what's necessarily happening. Um, one of those players I wanted to bring up because um, he has he has played a fair role in the squad this year um, and and played quite a few games. Um, throughout the season and he has been one of those boards that has filled in and done a good job for them is um Matt, Matt Eisenhuth. Now I know he's thirty he's very good this year. From what I understand, I mean he's thirty and from what I understand he doesn't have a club next year. Um are you hearing anything? Are you are we assuming that this could well, be Well I of thought his he career? was going to England but I don't know that oh, okay, before. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I might be wrong on that, but I just Abby, I don't good I don't move. think he's gonna be with Penrith next year. <clears throat> Again, he he played a really good role this year. Yeah. Um, early in the year, he was pretty much a, a regular. I think Moses Leota had an injury, so James Fisher Harris sidelined with a suspension. Um, and he, he when I was there, Yo was out. He was taking the thirteen jumper. Yeah. And played really well. So, um, it was unfortunate that he wasn't part of the seventeen uh, for the grand final because he probably played more than half the games this year. But uh, I do... Th- it's 16 my games. Yeah, 16 games in the regular season. Okay. That's quite a few. When yeah. you, you know, what you play 24, yeah. um, it's got 60% of them. Mm. I think they're my maths if uh, I'm not a mathematician. No, but... Mate, without but, demographic... Yeah, look, I, I wish him all the best. Whatever, whatever his future holds. Um, yeah, I thought it was... He's been a big asset to the Panthers over the last few years. Definitely worth um, definitely worth mentioning him while we're talking about this um, this Panthers squad. One other player I want to mention from before we finish up talking about the Panthers and their grand final success. Um, I actually wanted to um, talk about Charlie Staines because Charlie Staines is now Charlie Staines Premiership winner, and I know that you know, right. there was the, um, the the talk about you know the the Forbes Ferrari and when he come onto the scene and. Um, Scored the four tries that day against the Sharks, and and look, he he's been one of those players that whilst not in the top, you know, he, he, if you have your top seventeen for the the Panthers this year, um, most people would not have him on the wing. He's a bit of a polarizing figure, I find, when I talk to Penrith fans. Griffo, I find that some people 
um, don't value him as a, as a part of the squad. But I, I thought he did a he did a good job given the given the circumstances when um you know they they need him to come in in the finals and then the grand final and as I said he's he's Charlie Stain's um premiership winner and always will be yeah um yeah he he's not what you'd say a, a crowd favorite um when you sit you know you sit in the den and you, you just hear the comments but also on you know, the, the fans on the internet. I think he's a much improved player from last year. Um, when he used to get manhandled and just pretty much every time he got the ball, got driven back. Um, we don't see that quite as much. Um, I, I'm sure he put on a few kilos. Might have been at the expense of a slight bit of speed, but... Um, congratulations to him. He, he yeah. you know, he um, he played well in in both the Rabbitohs and the Eels game. He did. There was, you know, there was a defensive error um, against the Rabbitohs. I thought it really put his body on the line, particularly lining up against Big, big Marcus Evo. Um, you know, good on him. Uh, there was talk of a swap with. Tyrone Peachy. Uh, I've not heard too much about that recently. I, I'd rather stay and stays, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they poured a bit of Tyrone water on Peachy's that one, didn't long, they? Long, long past his best. Yeah. If you can't make the NRL <laughs> first the Tigers. at the Tigers, you're probably not a good player. To, uh, you know, Peachy was an origin class player when he was last with Penrith. But he left uh, to get much more money up at the Gold Coast, and that didn't really work too well. And he got a contract at the Tigers. That didn't work too well. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather have... Staines has got one year left on his contract. Yeah. Keep him. Because, um, you know, even if he was to go, um, you wouldn't want to be paying Peachy anywhere near the money that I think Staines might be on four or five hundred grand. Um, and which investing is, in a twenty-three-year-old is very different to a thirty-one-year-old. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, look, he's I mean, you mentioned he came onto the scene. Forbes Ferrari scored four tries in that first game. Looked like it was going to be a world beater. Um, it sort of went backwards, but he's sort of reinvented himself in a, in a different role, um, and he was good. He was very yeah. good, and a lot of the, you know. Like I said, not really a, a crowd favourite, but people generally started to warm to him and think, you know, he's having a go. He's getting his job done, so yeah, well I, done. I think, people are, I think people are going to come around to him. And I think the other thing I remember too is I, I was just saying then, you know, I was just guessing off the top of my head his age. I've just quickly looked it up. He's just turned 22. There you go. This Still month. a young guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, seems he's like got, he's been around for a few years. Yeah, and that so. just shows that you know he was so young and explosive coming onto the scene, and and it can take. Um, yeah, and I think, in all fairness to to him, by the Penrith fans' that standards, I think they're used to these blokes coming in. They're you know they're twenty years old and they're superstars straight away. I mean, it's yeah. um give it look. I I, I think I, I have a feeling he's going to be one of those players that um look. He, he's playing for a contract next season. 
So, yeah, look, I, I'd much rather stay next year um, than what the alternative was yeah. on that swap deal. Yeah. Um, uh, Long term, you know, I'd be happy for him to, if he can find a club where he's going to be a, a regular uh, NRL starter um, and they can get a bit of money saved on the cap in the following year, then yeah. I'd be comfortable with that because. Uh, I think, you know, to re- be realistic at the moment, he's not one of the top two wingers at the club. No, no, no. And and, and look, and that's another thing where he might look at it and someone might offer him a contract and say, look, you know, um, you, you, you you can come here and play first grade every week and you yeah. wouldn't begrudge him that opportunity. No um, way. Given the fact that at the moment in the, um, in the Panthers' side, when you've got Brian To'o, you've got... Um, they May. Um, and there's some good uh, watching uh, some of those lower grades. They've got some good young wingers coming through as well. Um, so, you know, they'd be able to pay those guys a lot less than what they're currently paying Charlie Staines yep. to be in that so top 30. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and one of those things too is when they, you know, you're looking at, as I said, players like, Crichton and Toto coming off contract, you'd imagine they'd be the um the players that they're looking to to um to sew up long time long term yeah, like so. sign up long term yeah um just last thing I want to um talk about we talked about a lot about the players we talked about how good Penrith were we've been talking about it all year we're talking about where we think they're going to be next year in regards to that and the the player movement we haven't talked much about the coach now. We've got a coach here in Ivan Cleary who, up until their premiership win last year, there was a lot of talk about he'll never be amongst the greats unless he's got a premiership and so on and so forth. And there was the comparisons with the, you know, the the Brian Smith effect, all that sort of stuff that just seems like a lifetime ago. Um, what I mean, obviously he's going to get a lot of credit from us. We think he deserves a lot of credit. Just want to get your thoughts on the impact of Ivan Cleary on this Penrith team, given the journey that he's been on as a coach and where he is now um, with this, this squad he's developed? Well, I'm so happy for... I mean, you know, when he broke through and got the monkey off his back, um, I was very happy for him. But now he's he's done what not too many coaches have done, and that's win more than one title. Um, Ricky Stewart, in all his years of coaching, one title. Um, Maguire, one title. He's had some some decent teams. Ricky Stewart, with the teams that he has had over the years, certainly just that Rooster side that he won the title with, they should have won more than one. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for Ivan next year, which I'm sure he'll relish because his two assistant coaches have moved, you know, going out the door to coach other NRL clubs, Cameron Seraldo yeah. and also Andrew Webster. So, um, that leaves quite a hole. Um, I'm not sure who is replacing those guys. I would imagine Peter Wallace 
will be one of the guys. He's he's uh, been in the system for a few years now. Was coach of the uh, New South Wales Cup yep. side. Um, so I'm pretty certain he, he will uh, take up one of those positions. I'm, I'm not really sure uh, who the other one would be. I know they're very keen to have coaches that are, are in the system. Um, and I can't pretend to to comment on the guys who've got in the system. I don't know. Um, yeah, I know the names, but I don't know what their role's been. Um, so that's going to be interesting because there's no doubt that Seraldo was a critical figure in the success of this club. Um, half a dozen at least of these guys played for Seraldo when they won the under twenties. Um, yeah. You know, I think it was like six or seven years ago now. But the nucleus of this side played in that team. Uh, interestingly, Sony Luke was the captain of that side playing hooker. Um, you know, the likes of Luai, Leota, Fisher-Harris, Dylan Edwards, Nathan Cleary, um, Liam Martin. All those guys came through together uh, under the leadership of Cam Seraldo. They've got massive respect for him. Um, so that's going to be a challenge. Um, and I think most of his role, if I understand it correctly, was, was around... Um, he did more than just be the defensive coach, but I think a lot of the defence at Penrith was was his responsibility. Definitely. And, um, he was he was largely responsible for yeah, defence. And, and um, we know how good their defence has been. Their defence has won them two competitions. Yeah. Yeah, and so, that's, that's something the Bulldogs need to tighten yeah. up next year, though, too. Well, so, and I'm sure you know, they will. <laughs> they'll be looking at that. So, yeah, look, and that's a question there, and that's a really good point you bring up, you know, because it's even though you you have the head coach, which is critical to a team, um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of other people around them that, that, um, that make it a real team effort from the coaching point of view. Um, look, Penrith, we know uh, the premiers. Um, you mentioned that um, the Clive Churchill winner was Dylan Edwards, very deserving. Uh, the other thing we haven't talked about since it's all been announced, because I think we were doing our last podcast the night before the uh, awards ceremony, was the Dally M's. Um, we now know that Nico Hines uh, has won the, the Dally M Player of the Year award. With um, I think it was the largest points points tally. Um, is it in the history of the award? Am I getting that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah that, I think that, that's right. what I thought that they said. Since yeah, they've been they, doing a three-two-one, yeah. Since they've been doing the current three-two-one system, yes, of course. Um, thirty-eight points. Uh, he won the award with uh, Tedesco was second on thirty-three. Hunt was another one, who a lot of people um thought would be in contention. He ended with thirty-two. Then there was a bit of a gap back, 23, with the likes of Drinkwater, Edwards, so on and so forth. Um, we'll talk about the big one first of all, and then we've got a few other awards I want to ask you about. Um, Nico Hines, Player of the Year. I don't think anyone's surprised with that based on how the system works and uh, 
the impacts of, say, suspensions and so on and so forth with your Nathan Cleary's and, and players that miss matches. Um, just want to get your general thoughts on um, on Nico, Nico Hines because he's um, within the rugby league community. I think it was a very popular choice. He's a very well-liked young man. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Do I think he was the best player in the NRL this year? No. Um, there was a lot of criticism about it. I'm not criticised Nico Hines. Um, I think, and I've talked about before, I think it's a somewhat flawed system. Um, guys are out for states of origin. And in, in the past, I think they used to award points, but don't, haven't done it for a few years. So you're taking those guys out for at least two weeks. Clubs rest them as well. It's a big, you know, it's a, I think Ben Hunt, in my opinion, was the best player in the NRL from round one to 24. Um, I can't, I don't begrudge in any way Nico Hines the award. Um, there aren't too many years when I actually agree and think, yeah, that guy was the best this year. Um, mm. But, you know, Hines was, he had a great year. And, and that's um, where, you, where you sort of look at it because the point you're sort of making there, Griffo, is if you get picked for Origin, and I know we've talked about this in previous um, podcasts, if you get picked for Origin, there's three opportunities you don't have for points. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Did they? I feel like they used to. You just they said did used thing. to. Yeah, they used to award a 3 2 1 for each Origin game. I don't know why they stopped it. Hmm. But. Is it, uh, I don't know. Anyway, look. I, and this look. is why I think it's a flawed system. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, given given the way the system is run and the way it is, I think before the 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 awards ceremony, I think we were tossing up between Heinz and Hunt as speculation based on the um, based on how the points are given. Um, yeah. That was sort of a, an estimate on our our end as to who would have got the points in the games after it went behind closed doors. Um, and Hunt was an origin player. He missed games. Yeah. Because he was the best. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you're the best player, you get, best players get picked. And I mean, even players like, um, I mean, and, and this is where it's, it's interesting too, with the three, two, one system. Um, yeah. I mean, some people might argue that, you know, that Cameron Munster should have been higher up the list this year. Um, you know, and I know that you get points the more games you play. There's also the argument too, and we know that in a lot of years, um, as soon as a big player gets a suspension, you put a line through him. I mean, Nathan Cleary with the um, the spear tackle and the five-week suspension, that put the line through him. Um, we've had other players in previous years who have been suspended who would have been in contention. Um, I mean, there's the argument that, look, if you're suspended... Um, you don't have Can't the opportunity to earn points. There's a punishment. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's one of those things where I think um, I'm, I'm happy for Nico Hines. Yep. I think he's a great young man. He played really well this year. Um, the other players at the top, I thought Tedesco had a great year as well. Um, yeah. You know, we could almost, we, we often argue that he's the best player in the game. Um, and, and Hunt was uh, that other player that we, we thought should have been up there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where um, based on the criteria, Nico Hines, you know, very, very deserving. The, the other thing about that, that criteria, regard. Graham, is 
you look at um, you know, Nico Hines, he, he played with the Sharks, and they, you know, they ran second. Um, Tedesco plays with the Roosters, they where they came in about seventh or something, yeah, sixth or something like that. Um, the Six, other contender, the Ben Hunt, his team didn't make the eight, yeah. Um, He's scoring points when his team's losing most of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in a team like Penrith, and and I guess you can say the same for the for the Eels. Yeah, their guys are taking points off each other because they've got a lot of good players. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've talked about this. I don't want to bore the listeners. I just think the Dalian is flawed. Um. I do agree that there should be a player picked as being the best in the year for, for the season. But I think it should be done differently. Um, for mine, again, I'm not going to criticize Nico Hines at all. Good luck to him. He, I think he was probably the second best player in the rounds. But I, I think Ben Hunt was the best um, and even too, the hard thing with this this system as well, and I know it's hard because people are going to say, well, objective, subjective, you know, giving someone's opinion saying, yeah, he's the best as opposed to yeah. points you earn. I mean, you could be the absolute best player in the game and you, you get you get an injury for a couple of weeks and you, you can't yeah. win, you, you're buggered. Uh, I'd be happy for like a, like a 10 <clears throat> guy battle to vote the... And I, I'd, I'd rather they did it after the season was finished. Uh, and I think, you know, performance up until and including the grand final. Yeah. Um, because they're the most important games. Yeah. I, I almost wouldn't even care if every coach in the team votes for a player. And even if you make a rule, they can't vote for their own player, whatever. And then the player that gets the most votes is the best player. I don't even yeah. mind something like that. It doesn't have to be. I know there's the pageantry. I know that every week there's these points given. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I, yeah. You just want to see the best player get the award. And I don't think it happens all that often. No. And, and I, I think, think the year too, that Jack White and got it clear, he was clearly the best player that year. But I think he still came, he came third or something like with the. Yeah point system but and i think the other anyway. thing too is i mean and, and people and, and it gives people this and, and this is where the media try to spin it they you know when the world cup team comes out they go oh top player in the league can't you know doesn't get picked snubbed yeah you know and you're like he's like seriously i mean you got dce and nathan cleary there you nico hines great bloke great player i wouldn't I wouldn't have imagined him to be in the squad. Like, do, do you know what I mean? It's just... I know what you mean. It's, it, they're just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shit stir there too. Personally, so. I I would have had him there ahead of... <clears throat> yeah, but that's just me. Can I ask oh. you, do you do you know... And I, I, this is, I don't know the answer to this. I'm putting you on the spot. This isn't something we discussed. Do you know how the other awards are given? Like, say, for example, um, Coach of the Year. I was very happy with uh, Peyton getting Coach of the Year. I thought the class that he showed when he got up and talked when he got coach of the year was outstanding. And um, if I was a 
Cowboys fan, I'd be very proud of that. Yeah, I, I didn't How do they award see... those ones? Well, someone's got votes on it. Yeah, I mean, but it's not as though they go, oh, we'll get three three, points. They don't get 3-2-1 each week. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They go, oh, in every game we'll give our points this week to Peyton because there was some really good uh, tactics there. And I feel like some of those other ones you can can talk about. I I, I was happy with him as coach of the year. I don't know what your thoughts were. I thought that was really good. I think it's fair enough. Um, For when they they award it, but again, I, I would... I would like to see it after the grand final. Um, Particularly something like coach of the year. Like, and I'm not saying that the the grand final winning coach automatically gets it, but I'll tell you what, you'd have to have a convincing argument that someone's done a better job than the grand final winning coach. Like, yeah. And even to put it into context, even if it's not clear, if Brad Arthur delivered a premiership to Parramatta. If he did, yeah. It's a big if, isn't it? No, no, but... <laughs> Three no, weeks no, ago. But yeah, no, saying, but you know what I mean? Like, I know it's he, a big if, if he but, had have yeah. won... He should have been coach of the year because no one's been able to do that for 36 yeah. years. Yeah, and this is where... Um, yeah, and that's another interesting argument. I mean, the season's longer than the 25 rounds that they play in the regular season. Uh, a lot of the big stuff happens after that. The most important stuff, yeah. Graham. Another interesting thing I want to get your take on. Um, I, I liked the decision for Isaiah Yo to be announced captain of the year, but and I actually thought it was great to see the first thing he said was, I'm actually the co-captain. Um, I'd like to share this with Nathan. It was interesting because, <laughs> not that it was happened, I was actually tongue-in-cheek saying to a friend before the... Uh, before the uh, Daly M's, I said, oh, geez, if the Tigers had gone well this year, they'd have to have five of those trophies. <laughs> but, you know, but there's the co-captain there, and that was even an interesting thing I thought there where they go, are we... Now, obviously, Penrith, they've had that great leadership at the club. They, For whatever reason, there was some decision made there with the award. I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of, did they not want to give Nathan the award because of the suspension and all that sort of stuff? I don't know. That, that I, I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't think so. I think he they... missed about ten games. Like you know, as I said yep. before, he missed the first three through injury. He missed two through Origin, and he missed another five through the suspension. And oh, I think the suspension included that that Cowboys game. So yeah. um, he missed at least ten out of. He only played. Well, he would have played fourteen maximum. In the regular the, season. Uh, the regular season, that's right. So, yep. I mean, he, he wasn't going to win any award, really. The only yep. one. I know Tommy Turbo didn't play many games the year before, but he was getting three points pretty much every week. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, And Nathan wasn't getting three points every week. He, he probably would have pulled some points. But, again, when you've got guys like Ed Woods, you've got guys like Isaiah Yo, James Fisher, Harris, they're taking points off each other. Yeah. Um, which yeah. do you, do you think this is more like I'm probably being a bit unfair here in in saying in saying that is it is it more a, it should be a, a compliment to Isaiah Yo and his leadership in this team? Uh, I think I think yeah because I mean uh, Nathan was not there for almost half of the the regular season games. Yeah. Um, 
yeah you see most of the time it's nearly all the time in fact the the conference after the game it's Isaiah Yule there with with Ivan Cleary it's not too often that Nathan is the guy doing those duties it's yeah. usually Isaiah Yule leading him out on the field um he leads in a different way on the field yeah, yeah. through his yeah 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 as the, yeah. the general but, so yeah, Nathan's the one you know he's the general yeah whether he's got a C next to his name or not don't matter he's calling the shots um as pretty much every other halfback does or should be doing um whether they're captain or not they're running the show just want to get your thoughts though then too on um the team of the year that's another thing too and this is another one that i um i talked to you off air about this because i was a bit confused because i've heard some conflicting uh, reports. I heard one report that said that the team of the year is is decided based on where players finished on the um uh, the leaderboard for the Dally M. Um, I had a look at that, and that doesn't seem to be the case for me because that would indicate for me that Harry Grant would have been in the team of the year over Apside Coruscant. So I'm probably more likely to 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 believe some of the other reports that are. It's just basically that that mystery panel <laughs> that votes yeah. on those. Um, so, so look, we do have a team of the year. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on the team of the year that was uh, presented at the Dally M's. Now, this year, it was a complete 13, so you had your two wingers, two centres, two props, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, fullback of the year, James Tedesco. I tick off on that. Yeah, and and, and look, and, and we've talked about Dylan Edwards and obviously his, his role at Penrith and how good he is, but James Tedesco is he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's... Um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's basically why he's the um, you know, he's he's the um, the captain of of of, of Australia and, and and you know, yeah, arguably best player in the world. The wingers, this is an interesting one. Um, Joseph Swali'i on one wing and Alex Alex Johnston on the other. Just want to get your thoughts on that one. I feel like um, with the Swali'i decision, it was. Um, I suppose weighted a little bit towards some of the performances at the back, and I'm feeling that the Alex oh, Johnston, Alex Johnston was uh, was in regards to being the top try scorer. Just want to get your thoughts on those two, and if there are some other players you thought should have been in in that contention. Yeah, um, look, both of those guys had really good years. Obviously, um, Johnston, it's getting the ball he scores. And while a lot of his tries, he doesn't really have to beat anyone. For some of them, he does. And it also shows that he is Mr. Right Place, Right Time. Uh, it's not a fluke that he scores all these tries. So I'm, I'm comfortable with, with Alex Johnson being there. I, I don't want to knock Suwaliti. Su- um, obviously, he had a great year. Um, I think uh, Dal Longy from yep, from the Cowboys. Yep. I think he'd be definitely a contender. Uh, he broke through and played Origin. Murray Dal Longy is now playing on the wing for the Kangaroos. Um, there's there's a lot of roosters there in a team that didn't actually go so well. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I can't I can't knock Suoliti. Um Brian Toto Brian Toto was yeah. the winger of the year the previous year and, and I don't think he he was this year. He was phenomenal in the last two games again. Um this done all before uh that sort of stuff is they don't take into account the semifinals. Again, I think they should. Um, but given you know that they're only looking at the competition rounds, Toto missed a lot of games through injury, and it took him, you know, a little while to get back to his best form. But he, when it counted, he, he produced. Uh, who would you have had there? I, do you know someone? This might be a bit controversial. I actually think that um, Ronaldo Molotalo had a really yeah, good you, season. Yeah, I thought yeah, I, he was very very good. I but, would have not a Queenslander. I would have factored him in. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see why they went for Swali and Johnston there. Um, I'm just trying to think who else might have been in contention at a stretch. Maybe a Selwyn Cobbo, someone yeah, like that. Yeah, I think Cobbo was, and then he sort of went off the board yeah, towards the end of the year. Yeah, if you if you pick the team when the Broncos, you know, are coming coming forth. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, that whole team sort of out. But yeah, yeah, he definitely uh, went right off the boil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you one that I totally agree with in the Dalian team of the year. Um, that's Joey Manu at centre. <laughs> yeah, he is phenomenal. And I know we'll talk about the World Cup in a minute, but you want to see some? Um, you want to see some fireworks? Have a look at him playing fullback. Goodness yeah. me. Um, um, the Valentine Holmes was outstanding as well. And I, I've yeah. been a bit of a critic of. Well, not this year, but certainly in the last few years, um, uh, you know, when he, one of these guys, you know, I want to play fullback, I want to play fullback, you know, everyone wants to play fullback, but uh, he sort of stopped that talk, he, he's found a spot in the centre, and he was yeah. he was outstanding, big reason the Cowboys got as far as they did, so I'm ticking off on both uh, yeah, I, I agree. and Manu in the centres. Yep. Um can you think of anyone else who might have been a, a bit of a dark horse there for the centres? I mean, that that for me they were the, the two Stand standouts. Yeah. Um, and especially considering... Talakai, um, if you look at it over the course of the season, yeah, he would have been the contender. Um, Moses Suli, but he got injured late in the season. He had a really good season. Yeah, uh, he's back over with the Tongans now, and, and um, you know, he he was. He was very good for the Dragons when yeah. they were winning games. Obviously, Ben Hunt was the main man, but Suli had a big role to play. So, but not coming close to Holmes and Manu there. Yeah. And and you look at the um the representative size like the Australian side and whatnot. I mean, the other night, I mean, you've got you know your Latrell Mitchell coming in. He plays fullback week to week, so it's 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 an interesting position with the centres because um it is. often with their representative sides you get a um. You might get a fullback slotting in, um, as we've seen over previous years. Five eight, they went for Cam Munster. Um, There's no dramas there. Dylan yeah. Brown was very good. Um, yes, Dylan Brown, great year, but can't argue Munster. No, uh, there. Tick. No. Um, Nico Hines. Cam Munster. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even question that or no no way no halfback went to nico hines um we know he was the daily player of the year yeah 
Um, well, he had to be half back of the year, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, in look, that list, I've got Horn to head him, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not going to criticize Nico Hines. No, no, but I don't think he was the best seven this year. I think he was the second best. Yeah, behind Hunt. Yeah. Yep. And, and I'll it, tell you who to the other guy who who never really has a bad game, but missed a few with injury, uh um Jerome Hughes for the yes, storm. He was, yes. He was outstanding. And didn't you notice when he was missing when those oh, games absolutely. he missed? Yeah, I don't think yeah, I that's a that's a good pickup. I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit. And obviously, in the the best toughs in the game, you've got Nathan Cleary in that conversation. But yeah, we, we um, talked about, yeah, yeah. we he's, talked he's, about this well, year. He's, yeah, he's, he's the best because of all the games he missed. I, I couldn't yeah. have him there. The other one, Moses had a great year. Yeah, Mitchell uh, Moses, the para. Yeah, missed a couple of games through injury, but he played most games. But there it is. Um, it's just a matter of opinion. Nico Hines has his uh, award, and, and good on him. Yeah. And and, look, yeah, and it's one of those things where if someone says to you, look, if someone just said in a casual conversation, don't follow rugby league, I know halfback's an important um, position, who's the best halfback? Nathan Cleary. You say Nathan Cleary. Yeah, so, you know, obviously, you know, people that go, hang on, they're not giving... It, it's one of those things where we're looking at the year, we're looking at the fact he was suspended, injured, all that sort of stuff, and how these teams are put together, we're taking that into account. Um the props, we had Payne Haas from the Broncos and Joe Tarpany from the Raiders. Oh, tick on Tarpany. I'm not ticking on Agreed. Payne Haas. I think that uh, there might have been a bloke out Penrith way that might have uh, been a good call for the prop. I actually think James well, Fisher-Harris might have might have been a, a bloke that we should have seen there. I think he had a better year than Payne Haas. Yep. I think uh, RCG and Julian yeah. Bolo. Both the power of props I would have had ahead of Payne Haas. Um, any one of the three that we've just mentioned, along with Tarpany. But Waria Hargreaves was was very good this year for the Roosters. But, yeah, I'd find it hard. I'd have to say RCG in terms of the rounds, yeah. 24 rounds. And Tarpany. Can't yeah. argue Tarpany. Tarpany. Tarpany's been great. Yeah. It's, it's well, phenomenal. I, I just don't think Paynehouse was the... And, I, you know, he, he does what he does. And he... Yeah, I, I just don't think he was one of the best two props in 2022. Mm. And we were talking about it, I think, in another podcast. Uh, was it four years in a row he's been the Broncos Player of the Year? Paynehouse? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, he's phenomenal. Great achievement, great player, but yeah. It, well, it, I uh, think the other guys... Giving credit to the other blokes. Played better. Yep. Um, was Appy the best hooker this year? I think he was. Um, Harry Grant, when he was on the field, was, was great. He did miss a lot of games. Um, he was sort of in and out through injury and whatnot. Um... Yeah, I, I thought Arby, and again, he showed his class. And I know this team was picked before the semifinals, um, but I, I thought Arby was very consistent throughout the year. He, he didn't miss too many games either. Um, he might have missed one game uh, due to origin. Uh, I don't know that he missed any due to injury or suspension. 
Um, I thought he was the best hooker for, for this year, personally. What about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with this one. Um, I think that overall impact on teams and, and performance and throughout the whole year, uh, he, was, he was very important to this side. And I think week in, week out, he was... Um, he was very instrumental. I think it's it's very clear to say that Penrith were a better side when he was on the field. Oh, no doubt. That's <laughs> you know what I mean, and I think that's no a, a a very clear indication when you've got a squad as good as Penrith. They're definitely a more dangerous side. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked what Cleary did, bringing, bringing him on later. Kenny, yeah, well, Mitch Kenny came out and and did a job. Which his yeah. job was to hit hard in defence, and I thought he was very good yeah. in uh, all three games in the finals. Um, but and then Appy does his stuff because you know twenty minutes teams are sort of giving it to each other. Appy comes on fresh, you know, like we see Harry Grant do uh, for particularly for uh, for Queensland. Also for the Storm, sometimes they would play him Brandon Smith, uh, starting him at nine. But um, yeah, I, I thought I was I was quite happy to 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 see what Cleary was doing, and the proof was in the pudding uh, when uh, you know Happy, yeah, particularly in that South game. South game, yeah, the turn, yeah, yeah he got that <laughs> just for half time. They, if they had gone in at twelve nil, yeah. South were a big chance of winning that game. Yeah. But then Appy breaks through, and then obviously, you know, the last try really broke South back. But um, Appy for mine was the best nine. Now, um, now we're happy with that decision. Um, uh, just how we out here? He's he's in the Fiji squad. Um, yeah. Is is your understanding? Because he put his name up for Australia, did he not get he selected. Did. No, he didn't get selected. So he's he, he missed out on selection he in the Australian Australia. Yeah. That said, look, if I don't get selected, I am uh, happy to represent Fiji, yep. which he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's very interesting because, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the squad and the hookers, and this is a, a, a position that we've been talking about a bit. Um, and, yeah, and as it turns out, Damien Cook on standby. Yeah, Abby, I couldn't understand Abby, that. Abby Coruscant. Not in the squad. Um, been saying that. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't disrespect Damien Cook, but I definitely think Appy went ahead of him this year. On form, yeah, of course. On form this year, uh, Coruscant had a better year than Cook for sure. There's there are a lot of um, question marks over aspects of Cook's game, especially in the um, yeah the back half of that year. So. Yeah, so yeah, just a bit of an interesting tidbit there for people who are looking at the um, the Australian squad and hearing us talk about Appy Coruscant being you know the best talker of the year and not being there. Um, in the second row, Viliami Kikau and Jeremiah Nanai from the Cowboys. So Nanai and uh, Kikau. Happy to tick off both of those guys. Uh, I can't think of anyone who was better. Um, Candidates, uh, Keon, Kalomatongi. Papali'i. Uh, I've heard of people oh, yeah, Papali'i, Papali maybe good. instead of Kikau. Uh, you could argue You're splitting that. hairs though, aren't you? Yeah. Like, it's not one well, of those I, I thought None really of these guys don't deserve to be there, but... I thought he had his best year. Um, while 
he didn't, you know, he came in uh, when he first came in and, and he was breaking the line and running 50 metres. We don't see that as much, but he does so much stuff, particularly his defence. Um, he runs a lot of decoys and they score a lot of tries um, because the opposition... Not sure. Do we go in on Kickow? If we don't go in on him, he's going to bust us. Um, he didn't make as many mistakes. Uh, you know, watching Penrith every week, um, Viliami Kickow was very consistent. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know that they would have won the comp if he wasn't there. No, no, he's a key. He's, he was a key part of that team, and even um, yeah. I know we're going back. A while now. It was towards the start of the year when they lost to Parramatta, I think it was. It was that really close one. I think they only lost by two points. Two um, points at Penrith, yeah. Yeah. And even though Penrith lost that night, I remember being I remember looking at one of those things where the stats for kick out were just absolutely phenomenal. Like, you know, his meters, his tackle breaks, um, you know, line breaks. So even, yeah. you know, in, in, in nights where say Panthers didn't blitz teams um, and when they had it a bit tough, he was standing up and, and was key. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with someone and say, Oh, kick out. Shouldn't have got that. My argument might be that Papa Lee should have been in contention um, for that. I thought Nanai. Oh, definitely had, contention. Yeah. I thought Nanai had a great season. I'm, Nanai was outstanding. He's phenomenal. Yeah, the only 19. Um, yeah. He just has this knack of scoring tries. Um, like a few other second rowers, you know, maybe since the, the days of, uh, of yeah. Steve Menzies. Yeah, 17 we, tries this year. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't even think in in recent times, like you mentioned Steve Menzies, I can't even remember in the last few years a back rower that just finds a try line as... As well as he does, and that's and that's a lot of credit to what's going on at the Cowboys. He was phenomenal. Um, the last Dalian player of the year, team of the year player, uh, the lock position. Um, I don't think you get any arguments from anyone. Uh, Isaiah Yo, he's the benchmark lock in the competition. I tell you what. Right up next to him, of course, is is uh, Cam Murray. Cam Murray. Yeah. Um, Victor Radley just didn't play enough games. He, you know, he had some really yeah, good moments, but very good consistency of you know yeah. being on the field. I'm glad you brought um, him up because I want to talk about him soon too. Okay. When we talk about the World Cup, because I think he's he's going to be one to watch over the next week or two. Definitely, um, we certainly one to watch last weekend. Oh goodness. Anyway, but yeah, um, look. So when you look at that, I mean, we're not really looking to change too much there. No, no, absolutely. I think really, um, Payne Haas, we mentioned. Um, you know, I, I, I can't argue Hines, but I, I did think Ben Hunt. Hunt was probably, but that's about it, really. RCG maybe or Fisher yeah, Harris. Yeah, I'd have RCG in 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 for Payne Haas. But, you know, even the wingers have thought, well, okay, there's a few guys consider, but it's not compelling. Um, and and no. the interesting thing is, Graham, that, as you said, that these things seem to be 
not necessarily how many Dalian points you accrued. No. But, you know, someone was saying, oh, well, well I think that guy was actually the best. Yeah. Well, a group of people were, were doing it. And I think that's how they should pick the player of the year. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too, because um, when we... Uh... Yeah, when we when we look at it, it's 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 very interesting because we've got these other awards and we're feeling as though they're getting them right, whereas the three two one system doesn't seem to No. Yeah. Anyway, look. But you know on a weekly basis, Graham, and they come up with the three two ones and you think was that person watching the Spain game I watched? Yeah, I Seriously? I know. I remember a I few years ago the, there was one person a week. We're pretty sure it wasn't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sure was yeah. Um, anyway. But I think um, you, you listen to a bit of Joel and Fletch yeah. on the way home sometimes. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the yeah. days they they do a bit of a when you know when the Dalian points would come out and they'd sort of have a bit of a segment on it and question I guess some of the decisions um, and when you're questioning decisions on a a week by week basis that's how you end up with maybe some questionable winners yeah. of the award. And, and, and it comes down to an opinion as well, and that's and that's the thing too. And some people might have different. It is. It is. A, and, it is very subjective. Yeah. Um, but that makes it difficult. And when you're getting different opinions all the time, and that's where you might go. Look, it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes, who's the judge for your game? And yeah. Anyway, look, it is what it is. Um, but always, always good to talk about the those end of season awards. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think they. Um, they got that right with the team of the year. There is one thing though that's happening in rugby league that I I feel as though they haven't got right, and um, got a gaff coming up. We do have a gaff. All right. So for this week, um, Graham's gaff. This brings me to the World Cup. We're going to talk a fair bit, Griffo, about the World Cup uh, in this next segment here. But my main um, talking point leading us in, I know it's a bit of a disappointment to go on a negative um, start about the World Cup, but the squad numbers, uh, this this is something that's really baffled me. Uh, you know, looking specifically at the Australian squad, we've got the Kangaroos squad, we've got... Um, you know, a number of great players. And then when the squad was actually released in the numbers, I thought, oh, okay, they're in a, you know, they're in an order here and the numbers don't mean it, mean much. Then when I looked into it, I saw, hang on, these are actually the numbers that the players will be wearing on the field. Now, I know a lot of people who don't follow rugby league closely might say, well, what difference does it matter what number they wear? And we even get in games where someone might be announced as, hooker wearing number nine and then they might shift and they play halfback part of the game I, I I get that but for a game like rugby league and especially here in Australia where week in week out we see um, players wear the numbers 
relating to their position. So if you play fullback that week, you wear number one. Now, my understanding, Griffo, with these squad numbers are that it's in relation to when you debuted for Australia. So take the Kangaroos, for example. So is, is, is that your understanding? So like James Tedesco, out of all the players in the squad, had the earliest debut, so he wears number no, one. No, James is Tedesco, different? I believe, was oh, given the captain. one because he's, because he's captain. Captain, sorry, yes, the captain. Yeah. And then it goes uh, from there. So I think that's why yeah. you've got number two was... Um, Daily Cherry Evans. DCE, threes, Hunt. Uh, so on and so Valentine Holmes, four. Jake Boyovich five. So on and so forth. I think Campbell Gillard, six. Munster, seven. So on and so forth. So you've got um, certain players playing in these squad numbers. Now, the, I know some people might say, okay, what's the big deal if you've got Matt Burton, who's a centre this week, um, wearing number 12. I think sometimes, too, for the prestige of the jersey and wearing that particular jersey. And, you know, if you're a, a Nathan Cleary, a DCE, you grow up wanting to be the number seven for Australia. Um, I also think it's, um, I don't want to say disrespectful, but I think it's a bit un- unfortunate for someone like Isaiah Yo, who's the vice captain in this team, to be number 24. For, for someone like, it makes you feel like you're, you're, you're quite a way down the list. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Is this is this as big a deal that I'm making yet? Is it just the yes. the traditionalist in me? No, or it's stupid. Is it, it's just stupid. Is it something that we didn't need to do? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I I don't like the concept of squad numbers, but that's you know. I wouldn't. There's reasons for that. But I, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if the squad numbers. I'm sorry to cut you off. If you say, okay, here's our top seventeen, you know. And they're numbered accordingly to their position, and then you have your reserves like they do every week. Most, and they can most keep that for the tournament. Most teams did that, Graham. Yeah, Australia didn't. Um, apparently, the system was devised by uh, assistant coach Michael Hagen. Yeah, it's just it's just stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know who anyone who's in favor of it. It's the. Looking at Sherry Evans out there wearing number two last week. <laughs> no. Latrell Mitchell playing in the centres wearing and, number eight. And the casual fans going, "What's yeah? What's what's the what's the I think some of there? the fans might have thought it was Shaq Mitchell out there <laughs> in, in number eight. Improv. <laughs> and and yeah. I think I think the um and what was unfortunate for Isaiah, I used him as an example. I think for those who had not played for Australia previously, all of the rookies in the squad. Um, were allocated based on alphabetical order. So, um, yeah, that's <laughs> that that explains why someone like a you know a Campbell Graham's um, wearing number seventeen is he this week? I'd have to double check that. Um, yeah, nineteen. He's in number nineteen, and then you've got Isaiah Yo twenty four. So, alphabetical order. Um, this was signed off. I feel like it's. I heard somewhere, is this correct? It was signed off a couple of years ago. Is this something that's been in the pipeline a long time and it just hasn't been communicated well? Because sure. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, this tournament was meant to be played last year. Yeah. Um, no, it, it just is stupid. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so... I mean, as you mentioned, like, the seven jersey is something that people aspire to because it yeah. means you are essentially the most important player on the field. Yeah. The halfback, and they strive to get that jersey. Um, in... In basically, when we talk about the game now, we almost don't actually mention the position. We just say the one. He's playing seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's playing six. Yeah. The jersey is the position. Um. In 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 the way that we talk about the game. So you know, he's a good number nine. Yeah. You don't say you, you can say oh he's a great hooker, but we generally say you know yeah he's he's, he's the best nine in the team. Um, we don't use it so much for 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 props and second rowers, um, but certainly in those key spine positions, we talk about the one, we talk about the six, we talk about. You know the seven, the nine, and and uh, increasingly now the thirteen. Um, yeah, I, I can't make any sense of it. I don't think anyone. Nah, can. Oh, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, okay, I get it. Like as I said, if they took their best squad, if they took like they do with Origin, yep, if they took the squad that they're expecting to play and be the the best squad, and I I don't know if it's a bit of gamesmanship too where they don't want to give away whether it's DCE or Cleary's going to be the main number seven. But yeah, I mean, even yeah, someone like Nathan Cleary having to wear number 14 for the tournament, um, that's just the luck of the draw alphabetically where he laid. And that's, in our game, yeah. that's seen as a bench utility Yeah, uh, Who player. should be wearing the number? Again, that the 14 is that exactly what you said, Greg. Yeah. It's known as the jersey for the utility player. And who do we talk about as being the best 14 in the country? Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt. A couple of, couple of players got lucky. Uh, I've been I've been looking through this. I mean, Ben Hunt, number three. I mean, obviously it doesn't make sense. Uh, the players got lucky. Val Holmes, number four. Yep. Um, the other one who I thought, <laughs> Regan Campbell-Gillard, number six. I do like that one. Um, I mean, Cam Munster, number seven. Yeah. I, I think the other one that got lucky, Cam Murray, a believable number 11. Um, yeah. Uh, Pat That's Carrigan at 13 I can deal with, um, but the rest of the numbers are stupid. So, yeah, look, it's, 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 yeah, and it's madness. And the other thing is, too, when we're trying to create these big events to bring casual fans in and understand what's going on, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people go, well, who cares if they think that, you know, this, that, and the other. But if you've got a Jeremiah Nanai who's wearing number 22, um, or a Liam Martin 21, or a Harry Grant wearing 20, it, it, to the casual viewer that's watching that game, it's like these blokes are coming in to fill in. They're going, oh, who's out? Who's not there? Like It, it, it just yeah. becomes confusing for people. And I feel like that this numbering system hasn't helped the casual fan or get people involved in the World Cup. I think it's created more confusion and then that's actually, yeah, I mean, it's hard enough as it is with the games being on at five o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, creating a bit of excitement. I just, I don't know. I just think it's something that didn't need to be done. 
silly. It's, it's, you know, it's really Australia that. Yeah, it's not a World Cup thing. It's Australia, you know. Yeah. Now yeah. most of the other teams are essentially playing their full back at number one, and so on. Yeah. Um, Australia chose not to. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, hopefully, we don't see this in three years' time. No, and I don't think that this is going to start any push like they've done in the um, English Premier League. Premier League, sorry, wrong sport. English Super League at times where the, they just wear whatever number the player chooses and, you know, similar to, say, like cricket where they, you know, in the one days they just play. I think... A, I, d- yeah. I don't think we're... I think in rugby league I think when they... Um, to the jerseys. When we had the Super League, I think they yes. had the... And they names? Had the, yeah, they picked their mm. number. Yeah. Um, so they kept their same... And I don't like it. I, I don't like it. To, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of a dinosaur in many ways, but, you know, when I, when I, um, 50 years ago, <laughs> when I ran out for, for uh, Our Lady of Lewis under sixes, uh, if you were number one, you were the fullback and you were number yeah. two and, and, and going through, playing through, uh, I played a fair bit on the wing and uh, I like number five better than number two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But and then when I played in the set, I didn't mind playing. And if I if I got a game at halfback, well, I got the number seven today. Yeah, you're looking you know? for that jersey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is when you know I'm a young kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I'm bored with you. But look, I mean, that's just one of the the silly things. I mean, we don't want to give that make that the main focus of our chat because uh, the World Cup has kicked off. Um, we do have. I mean, we've got just about the first round, I think, under our um, yeah. I think there's under only our one belts. Game. I think tomorrow we've, got, we've still got um, Wales, the and Cookies, Cook. and Wales. Yeah. Yep. So by the time most of the people are listening to this round, one um, would have um, would have been played. Just, I mean, we're not going to go in depth on all of the results, but uh, I might ask you here and there about certain results, certain games, and certain players, and. And this, that, and the other. You mentioned Victor Radley before, and I said I want to come back to him because he had a phenomenal game. Um, and I think it's really worth mentioning um, this English team that um, at Newcastle the other day, I think, uh, yeah, they were at Newcastle, St. James Park. I remember seeing that. Um, they defeated Samoa. There was a lot of hype about this game and how the Samoa team would go. A lot of talk prior to the... Um, the World Cup about some of the stars like your Swali, To'o, Tago, Crichton, uh, the Hammer, Luai. I mean, I could go down their 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 squad. Um, Papali'i, uh, Junior Bolo, oh. um, Jane Sua, Hamlin Uele, like, you know, um, Oshayole. Um, th- there's so many players here. Marty Tapout, it's, it's, it's NRL first graders pretty much through and through. There were even, I don't remember seeing the odds, but I've, feel like I heard in they one were the of the... Favorites. They were oh, the favourites. They were? Yeah. yeah, we yeah were. I, I thought I heard that leading into the game. But all of that on paper didn't count for much. 60 to 6. This this English team showed that they they mean business. Um, just wondering what your thoughts on this one, if you caught much of the game, whether you... Um, yeah, I, you... I, watched, uh, I watched the full game. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it live. I watched it 
early next morning, actually, when Australia <laughs> was playing, because um, yes. uh, I didn't want to hear, um, I didn't want to hear the score. I didn't, wa- I didn't want to watch the game, so I watched this one. Unfortunately, there are a couple of situations as I was watching the replay where, where the the feed had dropped out. Um, obviously, during the game. Um, you come back and, and England score another two tries. <laughs> uh, so um, it was competitive early, obviously. Uh, England, I think they might have bombed one or two chances or, or had the no-try rulings. And he thought, oh, you know, it's, it's not looking good for these guys. They're on top, but not putting the points on. Um, Samoa's only try came from, a, I think it was Isaac Dango who, who scored uh, from an intercept? Yeah. Uh, might have been maybe eighteen six half time. Uh, England scored, I think, six tries in the last fifteen minutes or something like that. And the kicker was kicking most, if not all, of the goals. Um, Sixty to six. This is something that no one saw coming. No. Um, yeah, you know, I look at the England team. And I, I don't think they're actually the strongest England team that's you know we've seen you know, over the last you know they've had some really good teams over the last few decades um, this team may outdo anything that any of those guys done because they have won the World Cup before but I can't recall when uh, if in my lifetime um, that they've done that. So they've got they've made finals and whatnot, but yeah. um, to actually win the thing, and, and they did they made the last final. I think it was a low scoring. It might have been six nil or something. Australia beat England after England just got over the top of Tonga in the semi final. Um, but yeah, you've only got one Burgess. Um, you know, whereas in the past we might have seen three or four. Uh, James Graham is no longer part of the score. Odd. Um, there's no Hodgson, um, so I don't think I mean, they they have brought Dom Young was fantastic. Yeah, as was Ernie Farmworth. Um, Wellsby yeah. is a good player, obviously a young guy. I think he plays fullback for St. Helens, but um, because of the injury to Johnny Lomax, um, they've got him playing six. He did a good job. Uh, George Williams, we know, you know, we've seen him in the NRL. John Bateman didn't play in that game, um, suspended still. Uh, he'll be back in the next game. So he's going to improve the side. Um, he's, you know, one of the best back rows in, in rugby league. So uh, I just don't think depth-wise, um, you know, if you line them up 1-17 to 17 against the Kiwis and yeah. the Australians... I don't know if they can match it with them, but you know this this sixty to six win over Samoa that's going to give them a world of confidence. Um, and th- the thing for England is they won't have to play a Kiwi or Australian side uh, if things go to script until the final, because um, Australia is going to meet the Kiwis if yeah again if it's go to script. Um, so England's battling, you know, against probably Tonga. Yeah, um, I'd say Tonga's the other Samoa, one. There. 
Yeah, I think I think with Samoa's loss, they'll flip over to uh, sort of the other side of the draw come the finals. Um, you know, assuming that they're second in their pool, uh, and they uh, they come up against an Australia or a New Zealand uh, in a quarter final, where it was, uh, yeah, England likely now to meet Tonga. Yeah, because with the um. Yeah, with the way it's all set up, it might be a case of, you know, England getting to the final, um, but, you know, coming up against a, an Australia or New Zealand because of the way we talked about this the other week, the way the rankings are at the moment. Um, yeah, the the um, Australia, New Zealand. Australia ranked number four. No, that's four, just yeah. crazy. Yeah, crazy. Anyway. And, um, but look, uh, yeah, just, just quickly with this Samoa team, I mean, it's hard to really break down. I mean, a lot of people are saying... You know, there are some players there and that, you know, that don't have other players around them at the club. Like, I know a lot of people are joking, saying, oh, there's a lot of Penrith players there, but they don't have Nathan Cleary in this and that. It's a, it's a totally different different side. Um, do, do you think for, for them it might be a case of, you know, you've got a lot of these good, talented individual players, but it takes a long time to, to, to build a team and build a squad and, and, and piecing them together. It's, it's a very difficult job, isn't it? It probably is on that evidence, but these are high-quality rugby league players, and they were a rabble. Yeah. Um, they well, were they, an absolute rabble towards the end. If they'd gone defense. down by six or ten, you'd go, okay, but the fact that you yeah. got... It, it was a flogging, I think, was a real surprise. Well, just England kept scoring, like, try after try after try. <laughs> um Six tries in 15 minutes in the last 15 minutes. What's that? You know, it was just about 36 points if they converted them all. Yeah. Now that's, you don't see that. Um, and and you could understand it if, if it was a minnow. But a minnow is not a team that has, you know, 17 NRL players. Correct. Um, you know, the minnows, yeah. some of them have got, you know, one or two NRL players in there. Obviously, you know, Jamaica haven't, but um, like Fiji, for example, they had a smattering of, of you know, they had Kikau, Corisau, Sivo. Yep. But then you've got, you know, players below that level. Um, so you sort of expected, it might, you know, Australia might have had a big win there. Um but Samoa, no, did not expect that. No. And, and, and they underperformed. And, you know, there's some bird talk about, you know, Matt Parrish is the coach, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and they, you know, a year or so ago, there was a push to get rid of him, apparently. But these guys made a choice, a lot of them, not to represent Australia because they want to represent their heritage and so on. Well, they didn't represent their heritage well. It's got to be said. What no. we saw the other night. They'll be looking for a it's big. It's not the end though. of the road for them, but it's got to make it harder. No, because yeah. they. I think their next game, Samoa, they play Greece. Is that correct, Greece? I think Monday? they can beat Greece. They should beat Greece. Yes, I think that. Uh, I did see. Um, I did see a great game. They they actually did a good job. Um. You've got a couple of rabbit holes in there. Dr. Milius, Peter Mamazelos. Mamazelos, yeah. Uh, Billy Magulius, who's yep. played a handful of games in uh, for the Sharks. But 
you know, they they are guys from the the local Greek competition, so they're minnows. Yeah. Samoa realistically should beat them by eighty. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think Sportsbet's got uh, Greece paying a hundred and one dollars to win that game. Yeah, they're not going to uh, win. Which is, you know, um, yeah. But they were they were ecstatic. That you know, this is the first time in in the World Cup. Um you know, a developing rugby league nation. Apparently the game was banned in from being played in Greece less than a year ago. Yeah, right. Um was what I was hearing. Um and they've got players who are, you know, guys who play in the local Greek league. Um and with a smattering of NRL guys there. Uh and they you know, so they were ecstatic that they got two tries. Um in their first game at a World Cup. So that's the sort of thing that, you know, we want to see. Um, these, we both love, and then obviously Shane, no, um, we, we love the World Cup. You know, we, we want to see this game that is so important to us become a, a more of a global game. Yeah. Um, and for that to happen, small steps have to be taken. Definitely, and and these these nations are taking those steps. It's good to see. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see them involved. And um, you know, I mean, one 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 country that's that's involved in this right up to their uh, eyeballs. We discussed a moment ago is Australia. Um, they beat Fiji forty two to eight. Uh, I don't think there's any surprises about the uh, the score. I think a lot of the talk coming out of the game for um, for some of the um, Australian fans. Uh, would be in regards to the team. And I, I think Australia is, has that much talent, as we said, in their squad, that they're really using these group matches to work out who is going to be the best team and the best combination going into the um, the, the final rounds and the, and the knockout stages of this competition. Uh, we can see that with the team that's announced for this week against Scotland. Um, very different. We've got players like Nathan Cleary coming in. But the other night there was... Um, some really good signs. I thought Tedesco, as always, was phenomenal. Um, I actually thought that left edge of Latrell Mitchell and Josh Adokar. Josh Adokar, with, yeah. um, with Munster serving them, uh, that was, yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Um, Adokar got over the line a few times. I thought he was he was really good too. So, a lot of um, a lot of talent in this Australian team and a lot of depth. There is, and you know they're not going to be challenged. Um, I think they've got Scotland and uh, who's the other team? Italy in their pool. Italy, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's like playing park football, really. You've got the best team in the world up against minnows. So you're not even going to see who your best side is, I don't think because of the standard of the opposition. Um, Mal made a decision not to play any grand final players. Uh, and there's only four of them, uh, RCG, Liam Martin, Nathan Cleary, and Isaiah Yo left him out that first game. That's his prerogative as coach. Personally, um, I would have think, well, okay, this is what I believe to be our best team. And we run with that. But 
you know, uh, we'll see what happens. It, It'll be big I, favourites I think, against Scotland this week. Oh, I think they can win Australia, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I can't see them not winning. But unless just they a, get, you know, all get taken down by COVID or something. Um, it's the only way they're not going to win. Like Scotland got beat by Italy, and then Scotland were actually the favourites for that game. Yeah. Um, they got, didn't Italy, Italy put a few points on them too? It's 28-4. So... Uh, a few points and again, the, Nathan Brown, captain of Italy. Yeah, yeah, I think there weren't too many NRL players. Last time Italy had the likes of James Tedesco, I think Paul Vaughan. Um, they had quite a few NRL players in the last World Cup. Um, not so many this time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they got uh, they got the job done. Um, I don't think that either Italy or, or Scotland will be able to challenge Fiji. I think Fiji will, you know, with their NRL experienced players will, will probably be the second team to go through in the pool. Yeah. Well, again, these guys are getting a chance. Um, good on them. Yeah. The, and looking at that, Scotland, Italy game, as I said, not many players we know f- that we are familiar with in the NRL. Nathan Brown being the main one. Um, I think you and Aiken might have turned out for the Scots. You and Aiken in the Scots. Formerly okay. of the Warriors. Yeah. I think he's got to be Yeah, I think he played the second he played in the second row. Kane Linnett played in the second row for Scotland. So there you go. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and Jack Campagnolo, I only know his name in the 5-8 for the um, Italy side because he plays New South Wales Cup for the Rabbitohs. Oh, okay, so, he's a goal kicker. He did a good job with the boot. Yeah, so um, yeah, a few few players. It's it's a good opportunity too for some of these players coming through to to uh, represent their heritage. Um, always always good to see to to grow the game. Uh, other results. Um, you mentioned Jamaica as a part of the tournament. They got beaten forty eight to two by Ireland. Uh, those who aren't following the um, the Irish team. Uh, it's worth mentioning if you hadn't seen any of uh, their footage from the game the other day or if you weren't aware, Luke Keery's playing 5-8 for Ireland. Um, he had a really good game the other day. So if you're a Roosters fan listening on and you weren't aware, definitely worth keeping an eye on the Irish team to see uh, him go around. But um, yeah, Jamaica, another one of those those teams where it's really good to see them a part of the, the, um, the competition. Uh, going through results as well, um, New Zealand and Lebanon. I actually want to have a quick chat about this game. Um, New Zealand were very strong. Joey Manu, as I said, playing fullback, absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah. Whilst we know it can't be a New Zealand-Australia final, the way that it all, we're expecting it to work out. It can be, but we're expecting it not to be um, with the way... The, the draw is um, they're it's really they're the other challenger. I mean, they're 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 a real real chance of winning this competition. Yes, they are. Um, they've got quality all over the park, particularly uh, strong in the forwards, as you mentioned. They got Joey Manu at the back, and um, Jerome Hughes didn't play the other night. He missed the game due to injury. Um, he'll come in. Dylan Brown's a five eight. Um, 
so yeah, there's not a shortage of talent there. I think maybe in the uh, from two to five, maybe they're not quite as strong. Um, they got Rappiner on the wing. I think Shans played in the centres. He did the other day, yeah. And, uh, with Hiku, Hiku and uh, Mulatalo was on the other Mulatalo. wing. So I mean, they're not a bad, not bad three quarter line, but yeah, I, I don't. I think that's probably the the weak part of the side. The, the forwards are outstanding. Um, the likes of Fisher Harris. Um, you got the Bromwich brothers there. You've got uh, Joe Tarpany. You've got Brandon Smith. So plenty of talent. Warrior Hargreaves, I think, still serving a suspension. So um, up for, and Moses Leota, I don't think he even made the seventeen. Um, Sorry, so they, yeah. So forward wise, you know, they're, they're possibly, arguably, the best pack. Um, halves are smart with with Hughes and Brown. Um, World class number one, but I just think from two to five, maybe that's uh, an area where Australia might be able to um, to exploit. So with the likes of Latrell, Adokar, Valentine Holmes, I think Moritao Longy played wing the other night, and I'd say he's probably. Uh, the favourite to, to keep that spot. Yeah, I know the game was gone and, you know, New Zealand were, were going to win this one, uh, but it was still a bit disappointing to see Adam Dewey, he sent off. Um, I think he's going to miss the next Lebanon game as a result. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big, big blow for them. Um, it could bite them. It could cost them a spot in the in the uh, quarterfinals. Mm. Um, there's some good signs there with Moses. That, that that combination was looking well. That's that that's their um, that's their power base. The, yep. the six and seven. Um, again, they've got a lot of guys who who are not NRL quality players. Um, and of course, they're missing Alex Twal. Uh, he he yeah. threw his um, head knock. Uh, he would have been, and he would have certainly been handy in the forwards. But uh, Kiraz, they've got him playing at one normally. I think plays on the wing for the Bulldogs. Um, he's handy player, obviously he's NRL quality. Um, but yeah, without uh, Adam Dewehi, that I'm not sure. Graham, you might have the draw there. Uh, is their next game against France? Is that the same pool? Yeah, or that's the same France pool. Uh, the next game, no, they play. They have Ireland in there. Oh, that's game. Ireland. Okay. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, that Lebanon play yeah, Ireland. That, well, that opens the door for the Irish, really. And then they oh. play. Yeah. Then, then there's a minnow. And then they play Jamaica. Yeah. So the quarterfinal spot will come down to that game against Ireland, and then without one of their strike weapons. Um. That might be it might be a bit difficult. The Lebanese on, on they form, you think Ireland will win? You expect so. Um, the, they were good against the Kiwis. Um, the Kiwis scored, you know, three tries in, you know, not much more than three minutes to 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 sort of take the game away. It was eighteen twelve, I think, from memory, and then they uh, went tried. It was all Joey Manu basically. Um, but 
I don't know if they're doing it as they did last time, but the, the top eight, or well, those that make the quarterfinal, get an automatic entry to the next World Cup. Um, uh. So it's well, that's how they've done it this time. I assume they'll do it again. So that's critical. Um, that Ireland Lebanon game, um, you're basically booking yourself a spot in the next World Cup uh, if you know because both of you know they're gonna make um, they're gonna beat Jamaica Lebanon but yeah if they go down to Ireland they're out you know they won't go past the first uh, phase with no way he you'd think Ireland you know a fair chance of winning that game yeah yeah and um, look, the, the other game we saw uh, France defeated Greece uh, you mentioned uh, for Greece, there are some players um, who are in the NRL or breaking through to the NRL uh, who are able to um, represent Greece. Um, then you look at the French team. From I, I don't know that there's been, going to be many names that people are familiar with here in Australia for the French team. Um, obviously, you know, in the Super League, we've got... Um, um, Catalan Dragons. I think a lot of the players are, are, are from there. Um, so you know, th- there's a lot of players who are actually playing in France. A part of this squad, they did get a win the other day, but um, I, I can't see them being uh, anywhere near near this competition. I don't know. I think got... I think the French and the Greeks, the Greeks, they're in the pool with England and Samoa. Yes. So you can't really see either of those teams um, getting over the top of, of either England or Samoa. So um, they might. I did. France might sort of after the Samoa match the other day. Maybe they'll be fancying themselves that that match up when they do play Samoa might be a, a key yeah, one. I think but we might see that the Samoans might actually that pull their might finger be in a row out. by then. <laughs> I would expect so. Yeah, and that's not talking um, about the tournament as well. Yeah, look, if if France can beat Samoa, and they'll go, they'll, they'll I mean, they're guaranteed uh, a spot in the next World Cup because they're the hosts. But I think it'd say more about Samoa than it would about France. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and the and, other game. You know, Go on, mate, go. No, I was just going to say, the other game we've seen so far um, involved Tonga and Papua New Guinea. Um, as we're recording this on Wednesday, the 19th of October, this game was early this morning. Um, I have to admit, I've only seen very short highlights of this. I've just seen the tries and um, sort of following along. And I, I knew that, um, you know, Tonga got out to the lead and then Papua New Guinea brought it right back. And it wasn't until uh, Keon Kalamatangi went over with about three minutes to go, that uh, that that Tonga got the win in this one. Um, yet Very again, unlucky, Thomas. Yeah, it, it showed that a lot of uh, resilience and a lot of fight to be uh, in this team, uh, to be in this game, and and this team too, uh, this Papua New Guinea team. Um, a lot of familiar names in this one too. Alex Johnson's and Abe Donald, yeah. Olam, uh, Lachlan Lamb. Um, but Lamb was really good uh, in but, this game. But yet again, for the most part, um, a, a lot of players that that aren't 
um, NRL players. Um, whereas on the other side with Tonga, um, you've just about got you just know, about the whole team. Yeah, um, I just think going through Tui Lola here is the only guy I think not playing in the NRL. Yeah, this, like this year, and even players who aren't necessarily. Uh, you know, NRL players now, there's a couple of young blokes there that are... are Katoa. Um, yeah. Katoa hasn't obviously played, he's made his debut, but we'll see that. Yep. Next, that's the, the uh, Isaiah Katoa, the halfback. He'll, yep. he'll debut for the Dolphins next year. He, he's quality. And that's what the Tongan side's been looking for, a quality half. Um, they've always, along with the Samoans, been able to to come up with plenty of props and big wingers and uh, big back rowers, but having that skill level in the six and seven has has probably been the issue. But Katoa's only like I think is nineteen years of age. Um, he's going to be around for a long time, so uh, they're really you know the the future looks very bright for the Tongans. Um, when you've got a guy that potentially is, is going to be one of the better sevens in the game Hell of a around. Yeah. <laughs> they've always got a good forward pack. Oh, and goodness. Tom Malolo didn't play that game, but still he's on his suspension. Um, you've got David so Fodawaka coming off the bench. Yeah. Talakai. Uh, Sonny Luke, we've, we've talked about him. Even yeah. But even, Again, Hooker's not been a strength, so he could uh, he could be the answer for him in the nine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I fancy them to make the final. Um, I know that, you know, they got very close uh, last time, just going down to somewhat controversially to, to the English. Um, but I, I think They've they've got the ability to to get over the top of England this time, should they um, should it you know sort of go that way, um, and and that's how it's looking. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 with the with the tournament draw, just for for people who play along, it's it's basically there's four groups, top two from each group go through. Um, that's my understanding, isn't it? First in. So group yeah. A plays second in group B, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so you want to win your pool so you're coming up against not as strong a side. Yeah. Um, that's the theory. That's the theory. Um, so at this stage, um, we've got, as I said, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on a couple of games that are upcoming. Um because I do have the Australian side, I've just lost it. Let me get it up. That's been named for Scotland, um, for the game against Scotland. Um, probably the biggest inclusions that we're looking at here are those players that you were um, you were alluding to uh, earlier from the Penrith side. We know that um, Nathan Cleary is going to be back into this one. Um, how genuine do you feel this shootout is that Malmaning is talking about between DC and Cleary? I, I know based off off this year, I mean, a lot of people argue DCE had the um, the origin form, the representative win with uh, Queensland. 
Nathan Cleary, obviously, at Penrith. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, on where we're at that because from what they're telling us, they're basically going to be picking the sides throughout the tournament that we're going to see in the finals. Yeah. Well, for me, it's it's Cleary. He's, at this stage of their careers, I think he's the better player. Yeah. Uh, DCE, I thought, had a, a somewhat indifferent game. Uh, did you see that that game on the weekend? Yeah. Uh, I th- yeah. He, he the team was clunky, um, and uh, you mentioned down the, the other side that that's where most of the action was happening for for the Kangaroos. Um, but yeah, DC had a few mistakes, um, and. I mean, uh, for mine, it's Cleary's spot to lose, really. Yeah. But, you know, you get injuries or, you know, suspensions. You don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure Adam DeWayhe didn't expect that he was going to be suspended. No. Um, no for mouthing off at the ref. Wasn't a big fan of Grant Atkins the other day. Yeah, well, it's got to be a bit better than that, haven't you? Yeah, you got to keep that in check. That, and, that, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you got... The the, the 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 whole nations, you know, could be hinging on on those words. Yeah. So, but look, I'll just quickly. I don't know if you've seen this team that they've announced to play Scotland this week. I was looking for it. Where where are you getting it from? Um, I've just googled it here. So I actually saw it on um, one of the uh, social media outlets. But I've got um, uh, Tedesco at fullback, Ado Carr and Campbell Graham on the wings. Burton and Whiten in the centres. Munster and Cleary are the halves. Campbell, Gillard and Carrigan will be playing prop. Harry Grant, Hooker, Crichton and Martin in the back row with Isaiah Yo, vice-captain and Locke. The interchange bench is Hunt, Collins, Holmes and Trebojevic. Uh, 18th man, Cherry Evans. 19th man is Nanai. So, a few deputants in that, um, that squad. I think we've got... Six players um, making their debut. So, yeah. am I right? Is that Nathan Cleary will be his first game for Australia? Absolutely, As yeah. A. He's A. not Yo. represented before. Yeah, Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin, they're the Penrith players. Uh, and also Burton, Campbell Graham and Lindsay Collins are making their debuts for the Kangaroos. It's an interesting bench. Um, we got Val Holmes on the bench. Uh, which is um, he's given the opportunity to to Burton, uh, Campbell Graham making his debut as well. Um, but I, look, it really doesn't matter. They're playing Scotland, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is interesting when you got yeah, like a Ben Hunt, Val Holmes. It's effectively a two forward bench with yeah. Um, the numbers are throwing me out here. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to, yeah. Trying to figure out where everyone too. is, but um, yeah, yeah. Trubojevic and Lindsay Collins. Um, I'm just thinking. I think they have to pick for the third game what he believes the best team is because you've got to develop a combination. Correct. Um, and and some of these guys never, to my knowledge, not played together before. Um, so I think it's. I'm certainly glad that. Monster is playing this game. 
the potential to develop that combination with Nathan Cleary. Um, yeah, the score will blow out, but it's about trying to develop combinations. And, uh, you know, uh, it's good that he's given everyone a go. Um, I just do think for the next game, though, you've got to say, okay, this is what I believe yeah. this best team is um, because you're going to have a game the following week against the Kiwis. Or, sorry, um, yeah, you, there'll be a quarterfinal before that. But they've got to it's develop a combination. Game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and it's, look, whoever they come up against in that game, again, they're going to win that game. Um, you know, it's going to be... You know, a side like maybe Ireland or someone like that. Not, I'm not saying it will be, but that sort of quality. It's not a top line team uh, that they should come up against uh, in that game. Um, but they, they'll probably see the Kiwis in the semi final, and they need to be at their best for that. You can't be at your best if if you don't know. Uh, you never played with a guy before, so vital. Um, vital that they develop those combinations um anyway um it's good that the footy's still on it is still on there's still plenty going on just quickly before we go we haven't really talked about we've alluded to it there's a bit of news happening out at manly just Just a little bit (laughs) just want to get a comment there i know i know it's all probably been said but i think it'd be worth us listening and uh it's a bit of a reward for those that have stuck with us over the two hours of the podcast um Des Hasler gone. First of all, I want to get your opinion there um, on getting rid of Des Hasler. We know that the job of the coach is... It's a tough one. Uh, you're always, you know, a couple of losses away from possibly being sacked. Uh, first comments I want from you is in regards to the sacking of Des Hasler. Do you think it was um, was fair enough that, that Des lost his job? Uh, well, it's just a, you know, a power play really, isn't it? Um, uh, I don't see the value in paying out the huge amount of money that they're going to have to pay. Um, to bring in a guy who... Well, you know, we've been critical of on here. Um, I love how it's always every team brings him in to win a premiership and he doesn't deliver. I mean, they were talking about that at Brisbane. I mean, you look at the team he had at South. We said he should have won one there. Is is part of this issue, and obviously you can't isolate, but I, you notice I didn't mention Seabold there, is a lot of the issue the fact that he's the replacement they've got. I felt getting rid of Des for, you know, someone who... Has, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know who I'd, I'd even, you know. Say, say a Shane Flanagan, who they're talking about is likely sure. to be the assistant. Yep, he's won I a think, premiership. Yeah, I think Manly fans might cop that a bit better. Yeah, than a guy who, you know, look, look, you know, I'm not even a Souths fan or a Brisbane fan, and I just can't cop this guy like. Um, Lucky Shane's on here. We, well, we, 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 we had to get that Seabold rant. He might just come on just to 
Yeah, he was thinking of a run. He was thinking, he was, uh, he was going to see if he could get on. He obviously uh, couldn't get here, but um, yeah. oh, geez, that would have been a rant. Sure, next time he's on, that yeah. uh, he'll have something to say. Yeah, remind, um, me of, remind me to throw a couple of bucks in that jukebox because that'll get yeah. going. Well, he walked out in that club. He obviously had success there. I think he was coach of the year. Um, but then when it got down to the the business end, it was all about, you know, him trying to get a job at another club. And he's there he is with a team potentially winning a, a grand final. Yeah. Um, he went to that club, uh, got the job. Uh, uh, interesting uh former great Steve Renoff, who one of my all-time favorite players, uh, he came out and said, you know, he, he, he got into the Broncos with his psycho babble that, uh, <laughs> that that's the term he used that uh, sort of baffled all the, the Broncos people and they gave him a job when I think <laughs> they'd uh, maybe sort of, I think, do you get the job over Kevin Walters at the time? Um, I might be wrong on that. He probably but, would have. You'd imagine Kevy would have been in the mix at that stage. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and he got the job. Um, controversially, they got rid of Bennett um, to bring in this guy. And then, then it all turned to shit, basically. <laughs> I, mean, I think they might have got eighth or something and got the, the first year he was there and they got smashed. Uh, and they might be power even. And they were out first week, maybe. And then, then they won the wooden spoon. Um, now, I heard somewhere, and I can't confirm this, but where where he sort of talked about the fact that he was too intelligent for the club. Now, I can't say that that's absolute gospel, but um, there is this, you know, talk about him being this greatly intelligent guy he talks about how he's got a degree from harvard or one of those fancy american <laughs> universities and i mean the reality is that he was an abject failure at that broncos club after so much fanfare about how they got rid of bennett to bring him in and the club went way down the gurgler um, and he, you know, he's popped up as an assistant coach at the Knights. I think he's currently over assistant coaching English rugby. I just don't understand why Manly think this is the guy who's going to turn around their fortunes. The reality is, when Turbo got injured, that was the end of the season for Manly. Um, yeah. It's been that way over the last three or four years. That if there's turbo, there's success. No turbo, no success. Um, I don't think you can pin that on Des Hasler. And I don't think, you know, if if turbo gets injured next year, I don't, I can't pin it on any lack of success. Can't pin that on Seabold. Um, yeah. But obviously, Manly want to be in a position where they think, well, no, just don't depend whether Tommy Turbo's on the field or not. We have to be strong. 
Um, you know, I, I don't think he's the answer personally. Um, and I, well, I, I personally would have thought, okay, let Hasler just have his last year. And then, you know, if things aren't looking good, then you start looking for a new coach. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, 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 that, that, that's what, you know, you'd imagine. It, it's one of those situations where it's not as though there was this great offer come along. And I, I don't know, I don't even genuinely believe that Manly think that Seabold's the answer. I think it's more of a power thing just to show Des, look, we're in charge. Um, who was it? The Manly Club. They were interviewing him on the TV the other day. I shouldn't say because I can't remember his name anyway. But, you know, they were asking about, you know, whether this decision to sack, um, you know, Des Hasler is going to be the best for the club, bringing in Seabold. And he basically said, oh, well, I hope so. We'll see. The club (laughs) themselves don't even, they're not even backing him now. He's going to be buggered come round 12 when they've lost most of their games. And, you know he'll be a bugger probably about round 10 when he said they got the support of the board. Then, you know, he's stuffed. And then by about yeah. round 12, he'll be bugger. It's, I, I, I feel like too, I mean, good on him. He's got the job, all power to him. Um, he'll be excited that he's got the job, but I think he is pushing shit up a big hill at um, I think at it Manly. really depends on where the turbo is fit and well. If he is, you know, they'll they'll become a force again. Yeah, because they've got a decent roster. If you know, but without Turbo, they just can't get the job done. Um, they've you know they've had all these fractions in the group. You know, we had the Pride jersey. Yeah. Fiasco. Um, um, yeah, I, 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 I feel I, I feel for the Manly supporters. Because Des Hasler, he has, you know, he's won two premierships at that club. Um, and he's he's been shown the door. Yeah. And, and what you're bringing in has massive question marks over it. You know, it's, as you say, it's not, I don't think it's just the fact that Hasler's going. I think it's, it's who they're bringing in that uh, is, is concerning. Um, and there's concerns, you know, that the, the, the Turbo brothers are, in, you know, fact, sort of wanting to know what's going on at the club. They're there for a number of years on big money. Mm. So the first talk was that, you know, Hasler was out, Tommy wants out. That was the first news to sort of break, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Um, Who knows? When you're on, you know, a million or whatever it is that he's on, and you're locked in till something like 2026, yeah. it's uh, it's not just easy to just say, okay, I'm walking out the door. You can't really do yeah. that you, um, with contracts and whatnot. And no club's going to be able to pay out. You know, like Manly's, you know, they're not going to let him go. No. It, it just looks like a shit fight just waiting to happen, really. Yeah. It, it's and, and If Seabold can get success, get the playing group, you know, all in tune and whatnot and get success, 
then maybe he is this super intelligent guy that he sort of spooks himself to be. But I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, you can be smart. That's that's great, but it doesn't make you a good football coach. I mean, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely, it doesn't make you a good football coach. It, it seems that he's got problems in the area of managing players. I mean, he might have all the great theories in the world yeah. about, but to be actually relationships be, are huge. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. you know, you've yeah. got to have the players wanting to play for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it, there's a history there that maybe you know that's an issue for him. If Manly is successful next year, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Todd Payton. Well, Todd Payton, he had more work to do. He took the Cowboys from last to the top four. So, well, look, uh, he's, you know, he, he had issues in that first year that he was there. The oh, blow, yeah. you know, he was under all sorts of pressure. Constantly breaking his hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, they... Yeah. They had an awful year, yeah. and he was under a heap of pressure. We all thought, you know, well, I can't say we, I thought, and many others thought that they're going to win the spoon. Um, yeah, yeah. to I be able to turn spoon. it around, that that's why he got coach of the year because not just the success, but from where they were at, it was, it was an incredible, uh, incredible rise. So. Maybe yeah. Seabold can achieve things like that. That's right. We, we the, shall see. The teaching game, we call it the learning game. So, uh, oh, it's going to be a massive learning yeah, game. Yeah, a a big intelligent tail. man that he is, he might be yeah. able to handle that sort of thing. Long tail in that class. But anyway, um, look, that, that, was, that was good to talk some footy, Griffo. Um, good to have you Absolutely. on board. Um, obviously, we'll be trying to get back on board very soon with the World Cup happening and keeping everyone up to date. But um, look, in the meantime, we hope that you enjoy the World Cup and um, we enjoy having you on board for Carpool Rugby League once again. Bye, listeners. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming back. <laughs> thanks for hanging with us, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.